since we have the Pentecost read for this saint day, the invitation, not a doxology I use on Pentecost from the end of the book of Revelation, the spirit and the bride say come. And let him who hears say come. And whoever is thirsty, let him come. Let him take the free gift of the water of life. The text for the sermon, not only this week, but uh, every week while I am with you, is the psalm for the day. The appointed psalm for St. James, the elder apostle, is Psalm 56, but not the whole psalm today. I'll explain now in the name of Christ. I, yes, am using the psalm, abbreviated P-S, each week, not knowing how many weeks I would have with you. Just a, a, a line or two uh, from each psalm. And although it's not official, the unofficial sermon series title might just then be just a, a little word for you to take with you and to live in your life. Again, Psalm 56. You may know this verse, though. Verse 8. In this translation, it says, Lord God, you have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? We have seen, I think, intriguing little lines the last two weeks from Psalms. We have seen from Psalm 85, how righteousness and peace kiss, it says. Last week, a familiar verse, but one um, I know I at first didn't understand, at least not from the original language. I explained last week, the 23rd Psalm ends, goodness and mercy shall pursue, chase me all the days of my life. This verse, I, I hope you know, I, I didn't really until my senior year of college, I have mentioned to you that in my last year of college, right at the end, I, I got into some trouble, I hurt someone, I don't share details from the pulpit, if you want to know, I'll tell you, and Thank God that person forgave me. That was the illustration I used in a sermon months and months ago. But I was still devastated even though I received forgiveness from the one I had heard. Indeed, received forgiveness from my parents. Received forgiveness from God. I still was in tears. And I don't remember exactly when, but as I dove back into my Bible. I came across Psalm 56. The translation I originally memorized was, you have 
kept count of my wanderings, put my tears in thy bottle, are they not in thy book? God was collecting my tears. It says, as a prayer here, in his bottle. Now that idea of God's preoccupation indeed with our tears is, is not rare in the Bible. In fact, Old Testament and New, we see Isaiah 25 verse 8 quoted twice by the book of Revelation. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. I sang a lullaby to my kids from the Christian artist Michael Card how God, he will wipe away your tears with the hand within my hand. It is a theme all through scripture. How God's work of salvation and, and, and bringing us back to him, solving the evils, the griefs, the guilt of this life, it's couched in terms of his addressing your tears. And that is a theme for today. St. James the Elder. We heard some of his story. I think definitely the most important part, his death from the book of Acts. The only apostle whose death is recorded in scripture, although strong church tradition says they all died martyrs' death, perhaps John at a, a ripe old age. But James, his brother, we know for sure, died by the sword. Capricious, King Herod, really the grandson of the Herods, we know from the Christmas stories and then the Passion stories decided to kill one of these followers of Jesus, then lock Peter up in prison because it amused him. It seemed to satisfy the people of the land he supposedly ruled. There had to be tears, right? By the early followers of Jesus, Stephen, the deacon, we call him, had already been killed. Now James, and there would be countless others to follow. That is our calling, following Jesus. Jesus predicted it of James and also of you and of me that we should be ready to die for him. He told James that the cup he would drink, James and John would drink. The baptism of indeed death he would endure, that they would endure. What a response to them who also somewhat capriciously asked for spots of glory in the kingdom. That comes through suffering, not primarily ours, but Jesus's. Indeed, I think this verse from Psalm 56 is pointing to Jesus. 
and it was only recently only recently I've learned in these sermons too that I saw the Savior in this verse it does say as a prayer put my tears in your bottle for years I had thought that that was a, a an ornamental bottle a bottle that um, God would display somewhere before him marking my sufferings indeed for glory to come but they didn't have those ornamental at least not glass bottles in ancient times this word is simply the word for a a wine skin a skin for drinking and that clearly points to Jesus your tears mine he consumed There is a problem with a Christmas carol, I think. Maybe many people here know. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The cattle are lowing, the baby awakes. But little Lord Jesus, no crying? He makes? That is not good theology. It's not in the Bible. Truly human. Surely that little baby cried at least eight days later. When he was circumcised, I would think. And we know that he cried all through his life. The most famous is the shortest verse. At least in the English Bible, John eleven thirty five, at the death of Lazarus, Jesus wept wept I mean that's what it means in Greek just poured out tears also for a long time I, I didn't get a grasp on that verse there's different theories about why Jesus cried at that time the one I had often heard was since he knew he would raise Lazarus from the dead he couldn't be grieving over Lazarus but perhaps he was grieving that he was bringing Lazarus back to this veil of tears, as we used to call it, valley of sorrow, when he could have glory and pleasures forevermore before his Lord. But that's not what the text says. Go to John 11:35. It says, when Jesus saw his sisters weeping, Jesus wept. He was taking upon himself their sorrows. Truly human. He was affected with every ramification of your sin and mine. The, the, the sorrow, the, the, the guilt. Not of himself, a lamb without blemish. But yours and mine. Indeed, the punishment on the cross. And the Bible is clear. When it refers to Jesus' tears, that's the main reference. Hebrews chapter 5, 
says, in his days in the flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears. Why? Because he was praying to him who was able to save him from death. It's the cross. He was heard because of his reverent submission. Because of his obedience, his perfection in your place and mine, there is an answer for tears. But Jesus endured it on the cross. All the tears in Scripture are pooled at his cross. And all the tears you suffer, he takes on. It is, I think, explicitly part of this Sunday that Jesus, though it doesn't say it so much here in Psalm 56, drinks our tears. You heard our gospel for today. Jesus described his suffering and death as the cup that I drink. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he said that too, that this cup may pass from me, the cup of your sin and mine, our sorrows and damnation. But it didn't. He endured it. And he came forth. As this psalm shows, with just the opposite, this psalm continues as God puts your tears in his bottle to take into himself, then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. God is for me. In God whose word I praise, in Yahweh whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Indeed, I perform my vows now to you. You go forth and live for him. I render thank offerings to you. You have delivered my soul from death, my feet from falling. I walk before God in the light of life. Psalm 126 says, those who sow in tears reap <laughs> with shouts of joy. I did mention that John 11:35 is the shortest verse in the English Bible. You've heard me say this before. It's not the shortest, though, in the original language. That's 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Shorter in words, shorter in letters. Kyrate, pantote. Rejoice always. Indeed, as you know, he has your tears in his bottle. Indeed, with the Savior. Amen.